Entertainment technology has progressed to the point where um, pretty much anything you want is available on a, on a sort of, they're called cartridges, they would probably be like digital VCR things. And the U.S. is in a state of tension with, um, well, let's see, NATO has collapsed and there's a North American alliance, but the U.S. and Canada are having heavy-duty friction, partly due to the fact that the U.S. has toxified and then given away some of its terrain to Canada. Um, and people are essentially connected, I guess, in all the sorts of ways that the uh, that the great champions of the Internet and Information Highway are, are so excited about now. And the action is only about 10 or 15 years in the future, really. But people are really addicted to entertainment, aren't they? They are in the book, but I don't think, I, I, I think perhaps in a, in a starker way in the book. I mean, the book is centered around a kind of movie that's that's actually fatally good, but it doesn't seem to me that it's, I mean, it's probably a kind of parodic exaggeration of people's relationship to entertainment now, but I don't think it's all that different. Into this world that you've created comes Infinite Jest, the movie, and you, you've talked about Infinite Jest being fatal. Why, what do you mean? What, what is Infinite Jest? I think the standard agenda of any piece of entertainment is to be as entertaining as possible. The problem with the movie Infinite Jest is that it's it's lethally entertaining, meaning it's watching it is so much more fun than doing anything else. Once somebody's watched it once, they pretty much have the spiritual energies of a moth and want to uh, do nothing more than watch it again and again and again until they die of probably dehydration. Um, <laughs> part of the plot of the book is that is that certain Canadian elements have gotten a hold of of. Uh, of parts of this movie and want to sort of broadcast it to the U.S. And the question is whether U.S. citizens have the wherewithal to keep from to keep from entertaining themselves to death or not. You know, it, it sounds outlandish when you talk about it, but then I, I think about people who really enjoy something, particularly something that's very, very funny, and they say, oh, that just kills me, mm. that slays me. Mm. A lot of, uh, what, uh, something that's interesting to me is a lot of really ecstatic pleasures are linked, interestingly, sort of with death. You know, the the book is meant to seem kind of surreal and outlandish at first, and then in sort of a creepy way to seem not all that implausible. And it, it, it would seem to me, I mean, at some point in the next 10 or 15 years, we're going to have virtual reality pornography, which I would just invite you to think about, given the level of, you know, people whose lives are ruined just by addiction to sort of video peep show stores now. I mean, what it's, what it's going to be like and what sort of resources we're going to have to cultivate in ourselves and in our citizenry to keep from sort of dying in cou on couches. I mean, may maybe that sounds silly, but this stuff's going to get better and better and better and better. And it's not clear to me that, that we as a culture are, are teaching ourselves or our children you know, what we're going to say yes and no to. Do people understand the movie as something dangerous? Well, part of the book concerns the U.S. government's attempt to mount a sort of sufficiently scary PR campaign to keep people from watching it, but not a campaign so scary that it will make people rush out and want to see it, you know, for the same reasons that high school students now rush out to procure the, the, the latest, newest, horrible drug that's supposed to be so ecstatic it blows your brains out. Or why the V-chip may backfire. Yeah, I think the V-chip career is going to be very interesting. I, my prediction is the egg timer's running on it right now. <laughs> I think it's got maybe a year. So the government itself is, 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 is walking this tightrope trying to say, don't watch it, but but it's not so bad that you have to watch it. I guess, you know, w w when you get down to where the cheese binds, I think a lot of the sort of hugger-mugger in the book comes down to the fact that, you know, the, the government can't really do a whole lot. That, that our decisions about how re we relate to fun and entertainment and sports and pretty much anything are very personal, private 
they're, they're sort of between us and our heart. And so there's a fair amount of high comedy of the government going around wringing its hands trying to figure out what to do. In fact, I think what's going to happen, I don't think it's all that hard to see. What's going to happen is that these are decisions that are going to have to be made you know, inside us as, as individuals about what we're going to give ourselves away to and what we aren't. Although the the pressures on us are absolutely incredible. I mean, I was thinking in the world that we have today, you can't have just TV news. You have to have entertaining TV news. You can't have a documentary or plain old information. You have to have infotainment. Well, I, I think the I think the pressures aren't just on us, but I think they're on you know the TV networks, which are businesses, and which have found now that enter, entertaining news um, is vastly more profitable. The reason for that is that we, as an audience of individuals, seem to be voting you know with our wallets for the entertaining news, and the the changes that are going to need to come, I think, are going to need to come in terms of uh, in terms of our own individual tastes rather than any sort of laws.